welcome back our lovely listeners tonight live from inside the plaza hotel's penthouse powder room the female gaze falls on the last duel a 2021 historical action drama directed by ridley scott and starring ben affleck and matt damon This is based on a 2004 book, The Last Duel, a true story of crime, scandal, and trial by combat in medieval France, written by Eric Yeager. Juliet, what is your history with this film? I just remember clocking the fact that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were working together again, and they were, I thought it was an interesting story that they were tackling. Oh yeah, I'm on these guys' side. I like these guys. Yes. And I do think they oftentimes play really well off of each other. Yeah. And I'm also a huge fan of Jodie Comer. It's always really exciting to see her, and I thought it was interesting casting. But otherwise, what about you? This movie is my jam. I love a knight. (laughs) I do. I love knights and any jousting movies, which I've seen them all because I'm thirsty and I love a joust and I love a knight fighting for the woman's (laughs) favors. And I really like all these guys. One of the big things, though, all around town, they had posters everywhere. That type of poster where each character kind of gets a close-up and they're just repeated over and over and over again. So an entire yep. city street block could have just Ben and Matt, Ben and Matt, Ben and Matt. Or ben <laughs> Jody. Matt. Yeah, jo- Jody. <laughs> uh, and, and I laughed when I saw the posters because although I did not major in medieval French battle gear, all of the posters showed Matt and Adam in these very weird half-faced visors that mm. just didn't make sense to me. And it it is truly puzzling. There's no way it could be historically accurate. No. It just made, it was very weird looking. And that was such a, um, I just had a feeling, oh no, this isn't going to be good. So Matt and Ben were very insistent that they kept saying this was a Rashomon inspired film. Did you, what, had you ever heard about that before? Because I had it. No, I definitely not. Okay. I went back and actually watched it. It's really cool. It's a black and white film. It's made by legendary filmmaker Kurosawa. It's just incredible. But as you know, I am a woman. (laughs) (laughs) So I needed to find a man to explain it to me. But this is not just any man. This is Roger Ebert, who is, of course, legendary film critic. He says of Rashomon, When it was released, nobody had ever seen anything like it. It was the first use of flashbacks that disagreed about the action they were flashing back to. It supplied first-person eyewitness accounts that differed radically, one of them coming from beyond the grave. And that is such a cool element, Mm -hmm. because in the movie they have this, like, seer woman, like, dancing around, and you hear this guy's... Oh, it was so cool. It ended with three self-confessed killers and no solution. That's another thing that's so cool about Rashomon is all three of the people telling their story are confessing to murder. So they, you'd think they'd have no reason to lie. They're not trying right. to... Uh, Get out of it. Yeah. They're telling the their truth. truth. Their truth. Ebert goes on to say, because we see the events in flashbacks, we assume they reflect the truth, but all they reflect is a point of view, sometimes lied about. Smart films know this. Less ambitious films do not. And that is very interesting because this movie has a story structure where we get three different points of view and we watch certain things in three different ways. But I'm going to argue in many places that it's just not Rashomon. 
in many places, it feels like we just see the rest of the scene or we just saw the beginning of this scene. So where I, I agree with you on that, but I also, I was able to spot the attempts by the actors to differentiate they're acting in each of the three acts. I agree with that. I think that's fair. We're told that it's 1386 and that we're in Paris. Paris is a bustling, fun city to be in. I'm sure it was awesome. Disease, not so fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but everything else, there's a lot of people around. Yes. And the majority of the people are standing outside of these four large stone walls. I have never seen a set like this before. It's almost like it's a large rectangle stone keep castle and on top of the four stone walls they're seating so about 200 people can actually see inside see the action because they're standing at the top of it Mm -hmm. so all of the peasants all of these people that showed up today showed up so that they could stare at a stone wall (laughs) (laughs) but i the set was bizarre It looks cheap as hell. While we're panning around, we get our first view of none other than Ben Affleck. Ben has his hair, his eyebrows, and his beard dyed beach blonde white. (laughs) To the point where, at first, I thought Slim Shady was in attendance. (laughs) (laughs) That's so accurate. (laughs) I will say he is the underdog in this film for me. And there were so many times where I was like, am I feeling Ben? Everyone's getting dressed for dual day. And we see Matt Damon and he's got the weirdest facial hair. He he looks... Looks fake. It's very strange. And then we cut to a god among men, Adam Driver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Adam just looks like he belongs in this world. He's got that rugged look to him. They get up onto their horses, they put their half masks on, and right before they hit each other, we get a new title card. It says chapter one, and this is the truth according to Matt. We're at the Battle of Limoges. And again, I want to bring up that Ridley Scott is the director for this film, and he is also the director to my favorite film, Gladiator. And in Gladiator, there are several battles. The opening battle of Gladiator has a pack of, a horde of, I want to say Celts or Gulls or whatever, coming out of the forest, attacking our boys, being led by Russell Crowe. And you see the arrows, and you feel like, oh my gosh, and they're coming out of nowhere, and it's a sneak attack. Mm-hmm. And so this Battle of Limoges, we've got Matt and Adam, and they're all on horses. And they're looking across a stream. And on the other side of a stream is a literally about 20 men. <laughs> the funny thing is that our side that we're supposed to root for, it looked like our side had a lot of men on it. With De- it definitely on more horses. equipped. And the guys on the opposing side, literally only 20 men. It looked real bleak over there. And <laughs> all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Matt goes, we've got to attack. And some guy, the voice of reason goes, no, the king wants us to hold this bridge. And Matt goes, meh, 
no. And he runs off, <laughs> guns a-blazing. And thinks he's the hero. He it just a craziness. Matt and Adam get thrown from their horses, and Matt takes a couple of different moves and protects Adam from being killed. Now, this is going to shock you. I have never been in a medieval battle. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Neither have I. I'm going to assume that when you're in a battle where there's hand-to-hand combat, there's going to be so many moments where... He saves your life. You save his life. He's got this. You've got that. Right. Back and forth. A lot of back and forth, especially when you're fighting next to somebody. Yeah, it builds the drama. It builds the stakes. In Gladiator, there are a lot of moments where even Russell Crowe, our big, powerful hero, needs help. But instead, they Matt saves Adam's life, and then we cut. (laughs) It's the most awkward cut. And now we're at base camp, and everyone looks real sad, and Matt goes, well, we lost. (laughs) And And I was like, whoa, what do you mean you fucking lost? What do you mean you lost? There was only 20 men on the other side. (laughs) They weren't... (laughs) You weren't on horses. Uh, They they didn't even... You're right. They didn't even have horses. And my thought was, good God, those men on the other side are fucking Spartans. Like, I want to see that movie. I want to see that battle. I want to see... But, like, uh, times a thousand. I want to see those guys, from their point of view, facing down 600 men on horses. We've only got 20 of us. We're going to kill these motherfuckers. And then we're going to stand and we're the last, you know for freedom and i'd be like god this movie's great <laughs> and then there would be a part of me who would be like wait was that guy was that matt damon on a horse on the other side i didn't know he was making a cameo <laughs> but instead we're following these dumb motherfuckers i don't know why we're <laughs> they made those guys look so heroic <clears throat> yeah it's interesting because it's like you have to remind yourself as you're watching this film that this is being told in the perspective Of, you know, these certain characters. So Matt Damon's character wants us to think what of himself, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, that he is a leader, that he saves lives, that, you know, even though they lost, like, they could have lost more men, but they didn't. And, like, isn't this a good deed? You know what would have made sense is if he was the one that said, no, we are supposed to hold this bridge. I know it looks like there's only 20 of them, but this, this, this is their elite guard. And we, uh, we were, we don't have a chance. Yeah. And although we're on horses and all of this, that's why these guys have only had six weeks of training, you you know, or something like that. And I, as the, I, as the commander need to say for my men and for my King, we're holding this bridge. We're staying here. You know what I mean? Like that. And then he gets overridden or something. I don't know. But that to me would make more sense in the Rashomon idea that you're trying to make yourself in that point of view look better. So they've lost this battle, and now we're going back to Matt's dad's castle. And Matt's dad is throwing a party for none other than Slim Shady. (laughs) Adam comes in, gets down on his one knee, raises his hands up to Slim Shady in the prayer signal, (laughs) and says, I'm yours, my liege, I'm your knight. And Ben goes, of course, thank you, you know, get up. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we get to see our boys back together. Finally. And Matt comes in. And this was my first, like, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm feeling bad. Because Matt comes in, and he, like, awkwardly gets down on one knee. And all of a sudden, Ben yells out, closer. (laughs) (laughs) And 
So Mac has to wiggle a little bit to get a little closer. And just, you can tell already, Ben is so annoyed by by Matt. Yeah, you can definitely tell Ben enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're cutting to Matt and Adam having dinner by the fireplace, little firelight, getting cozy, just two bros getting to know each other. And Adam tells Matt that he has been tasked by Ben to collect taxes. And he needs to go around to all these different provinces and collect the taxes. And Matt has to admit that there was a plague and his wife and son died in that plague. And not only that, but he just doesn't have the money. And Adam is like, I'm going to go to Ben and I'm going to figure something out. And of course, granted, tax collectors are never the most, you, you never really want a tax collector coming over to your house for dinner, but... Adam seems like a cool guy. He's Yeah, he's doing his guy a favor. If anything, I was like, you know, this guy seems like he could be a friend. We awkwardly keep cutting to Matt going into battles. And they also, like, never win. And they never win (laughs) any of these battles. Eventually, Matt and his men go to a bar. And at this bar, we finally get our first glimpse of Jodie Comer. Looking lovely. Yeah, mind you, also, though, like... 30 minutes into this film. She is an only daughter and she's got a big dowry. So not only is she hot, (laughs) but she's got money. And I mean, you know. It's a woman in it. It's not the worst thing in the world. She's hot. She's got all her teeth. (laughs) That's, That's half the battle in this day and age. Wisely, Matt's like, let's get this going. So they're married and we go into the bedroom. I have this thing. There are, I I like to call them humpity hump scenes, where we obviously know (laughs) that the two actors are fake humping each other. Absolutely. And sometimes it's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, "Hmm, I'll be renting this later and rewatching that. (laughs) You know, sometimes like it leaves little to the imagination. And it's and it's fantastic and it's great. I'm glad that we were spared a humpity hump scene. In Between this these two? Yeah. There, it, I don't know. Um, they're, first, Matt's a good-looking guy. Jody is uh, effing gorgeous. I you didn't need the, it. The vibe wasn't there. No. I, there's just a, a very, it's very, a little scene where she gets up on the bed, and I think he says, like, don't be nervous or y- something know, but, like that. And we cut. And we, and cut, we, we cut, cut. We cut. And I think it's interesting that we cut so early in that mm-hmm. for Matt's point of view. But it got me thinking, wouldn't it have made sense? <gasps> I never guessed. Go. I- <laughs> wouldn't it have made sense to have that first night with his, his wife? His POV. She's just she's moaning, moaning and groaning. And being like having the fucking time of yeah. her life. She's like, that's another one, my lord. I just had another orgasm. <laughs> and he's again, again, again. <laughs> that would have made so Because of course he believes he gives her all this pleasure. But that scene leaves me thinking... Well, that was not a good time. That you know, it's I love that what you're saying, and of course, granted, we're kind of being a little jokey, but it would absolutely make sense because this is Matt's POV. If they had a sex scene that was very male fantasy esque, where he's just kind of missionary style, and she's just through the roof. You she, know. Her hands are gripping the back yeah. of the bed, and, and, and she's oh my lord, I, what's happening? Oh, it's it's happening again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that for now? And then you know they cut to or like, like they, the, the next or it's the classic cut to after the coitus and they're in bed cuddling. And, and then she tries to walk but she can't. I can't walk. My legs are so yeah, sore. It's like I'm bedridden today. I'm bed. 
the idea being that in his mind, I just gave that woman 26 orgasms. <laughs> I'm a god. <laughs> I am a golden god. They're, they're moving and grooving, and Adam and Matt meet up, and Adam has a lot to report to his friend. They're on horseback, and Adam takes Matt out to this lovely field and says, look at what I've been given by Ben because I'm such a good tax collector. Ben has rewarded me. And Matt's like, huh, this was supposed to be my field. (laughs) It's rainy. And so Adam kind of, you know, touches the rain with his glove. And then Adam's like, well, let's let's go get something to eat. And he turns off. And I (laughs) tell you, it looked like... Matt was on his horse, and it looked like his horse that he was on was like, oh, I'm following this guy now. It's kind of like trots. And you can tell that like the horse is just kind of like, oh, yeah, I follow this guy. Like, we're actors together. Like, I could tell because Adam just has such control over every scene he's in. Yeah. He is so good. And he, in this scene, his motivation is to tell his friend the good news and now he wants to eat. That's literally all he has to do in the scene. And Matt has to carry all of this weight. His job in the scene is to look wistfully out at what was supposed to be his land. Mm-hmm. But Adam technically has the stronger tactic to go. He's such a good actor that both horses pick up on that. Yeah. And he gets his horse to turn and he's gone. And while Matt is supposed to be looking wistfully out onto the field, <laughs> you can see his horse go, oh, stage left. <laughs> Well, that's my cue. That's my cue. And then he kind of like, it's such a little thing that it was so obvious. It kind of like pulls Matt a little bit and then yeah. all of a sudden he like jerks over a little bit and you're like. Mm-hmm. What they should have done was they should have had a guy out of you holding his horse in place. I've already discussed this moment way too long, but like it was a great, it's a great moment. <laughs> so, so because of this, there's this huge fight and Adam and Matt are no longer friends. We cut. We're cutting, cut, cut, cut. We cut. It's a year later, and Jody couldn't be more happy. She's running to Matt, and she says, we've been invited to a baby shower, and I think it's been enough time, and we should go to this party. Put on a good friend. Put, yeah. And, and Matt's like, because this is his point of view, he's like, how could I ever say no to you? Get, get, get yourself a new dress. Get some new digs. And we'll go She's to like, this oh party. oh my God, we can afford that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, they get to this party. And this baby shower is popping. <laughs> there's, First of all, I there's mean. There's roasted meats of all types. I love a good banquet. I love a feast. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a lot of people around. We're having a good time. And across the room, Matt and Adam make eye contact with each other. They hug it out. All is forgiven. Yeah, they they hug it slash I think a kiss on the cheek to each other and it's all forgiven. I think this moment right here is what leads to the assumptions of rape in the film. Matt turns to his wife and says, Jody, give my bro a kiss. And I'm like, huh? They're... I wish we had set up this tradition of women kissing men on the lips when they're greeting. Because right now I'm like, you want her to to give him a kiss? Do you realize how good looking he is? Why doesn't she just drop down and give him a blowjob or something? <laughs> like, I would want, I wouldn't want my wife anywhere near this man's gorgeous puffy lips. No, but this is this all plays back to. Matt is naive as hell, right? Because he is like thinking to himself, this is my bro. This is my friend. He wouldn't do that to me. So she gives him a little peck 
on the It's lips. a cute little pet. And a bit we, strange. But. Right. And, and we move on. We're now in Scotland, as we were told, text on screen, and we're going to battle. Matt is getting knighted. He's on his knee. And my first thought was knighted. I thought this guy... He, he's I thought this, he already was. I thought he was a lord. He's the son yeah. of a man who owns a castle, but I guess he needs to be knighted. This is kind of fun because all of the men around Matt are just kind of like, if they had iPhones, they'd be checking him. Yeah, they don't care. He, and he's like, uh, pay attention, pay attention. He wants it to be this big, somber moment, but nobody really respects him. And again, you would think he would, in his viewpoint, be like people respect me, but I think this is, he was upset by the lack of attention. Yeah. Which is the catalyst going forward. But why don't they respect him? Well, we're going to find out right now. We're heading down to a little street and the camera goes in on Matt and it's like he senses something. Something's off. Does he tell his men? Does he say, everyone battle stances? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, arrows start flying. <laughs> and instead of shouting out helpful commands or... Like, retreat, retreat! Anything, he starts making fun of his men. He's like, where are they going? Why are you leaving? And it's like, dude, you are the worst knight. You let us into an area... That into a was, trap, essentially. It, you let us into a trap... And then when you sense something, you didn't say anything. Now, poor Jacques got an arrow in his eye because he was just <laughs> before this. He was just this like unknown guy. I'm calling him Jacques. He was just getting water out of the stream. Now, he's now having a First bad all, day. Can I just say, a director decides, you know what? We need a fucking close up shot of this random actor, you know, who we've never seen before on screen or like we've never paid attention to. We're just gonna get a close up on this one because we want the audience to somehow. You know, get emotionally attached to them. We don't know Jacques. We don't know Jacques, but we're supposed to all of a sudden be like, oh, Jacques. We never even got to hear about how he's so excited because when he gets home, he's getting married to the love of his life, you know? But somehow we're supposed to care about this arrow going into his eye. Because then it happens and you're like, RIP Jacques. And it's all fucking Matt's fault. You didn't say anything. And now Now our boy Jacques is dead. I mean, you were the worst. You were the worst night. No wonder no one respects you. It's the damnedest thing. So now we're back home. We just cut. We're back home. No one cares. He's got to go to Paris. There's no funeral for Jacques. (laughs) This, I think, is a little interesting. I want to point this out. When Matt goes to collect his money for being a paid soldier, he's told to sign on this document. And he awkwardly takes the quill and he makes an X and telling all of us that he can't read. (laughs) Yes. And I thought that was a really good touch because I do think that you can be an amazing soldier and not know how to read, but you can't be a general. You can't Mm -hmm. be a, a captain. Matt comes back home. Jody's there. She tells him that while he was gone, Adam showed up and raped her. I think his perspective is how you'd want your husband to react. Absolutely. It's his point of view. So he's like, yeah, I did what I could to protect and defend my wife. He full out is ready to do this duel. Goes to the Palace of Justice. We are told that if he loses this duel, his wife will suffer. She will be also killed. So there's a lot of stakes. But he wants it. And we are gloriously done with his point of view. Thank God. So now we got chapter two. 
This is the truth according to Adam. We start that same battle, the battle of the Moj, but in this retelling, instead of seeing Matt save Adam or the more Rashomon, Adam should have saved Matt. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing any of that, they just cut. We're at Ben's castle, and this is a lot of fun because they are talking about Matt and how Matt is just boring, he's stuffy, he's no fun. And Ben's like, he cost me Limoges. <laughs> and I'm like, he did! He did! In, in his own version, he claims, he it, she shows that he did. Like, yeah, he, but if he had held he that bridge... And he doesn't, though, make the connection in his, of maybe that's why you didn't get the fucking land, bro. <laughs> like, you lost a huge chunk of land to 20 men that didn't even have horses. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> We're at a dinner party, and Ben's holding court, and, uh, you know how these French are, Juliet. The French are the French. Ha, ha, ha. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> They're just loosey-goosey with their sexy morals. You know, we're doing threesomes. It's called a le menage a trois. Menage, called, menage de trois. Oh, it's called a menage a trois for a reason. The French are just all over the place. Like, it's so stereotypical. It's really funny how they lean into this they lean hard. very hard stereotypical French way of being. But again, you bring up the point, okay, now we're really surrounded by, you know, a bunch of French people. I say that in quotes. <laughs> because this, we are repeatedly told the location, right, with these title cards yes. of, hey, we are in Paris or we're outside Paris, whatever it is. There's a few points where we're in Scotland. Okay, great. But like, for the most part, this takes place in France. Right. And you would think that everyone would be asked to put on... French accents, or you would hear more French in the film. You would think. I bet you that they couldn't do that because Matt and Ben couldn't do that. It just, it made me lose my mind because I was like, it's like not believable that we're in France and no one's speaking French. No, no, not even a French accent. No, we don't. How dare you bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're in France, okay? The title card said it. What else do you need? What now? Like, yeah. So very soon we get the rape culture that's on display. Ben, he likes the group sex. He's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of women. I'm going to go out on a limb here and call them prostitutes. Sure. Yes. No judgment women in 1386. First of all, this was a good living. They did not have a lot of options. Okay. It's not no. like. <laughs> so no judgment here. But I will say It might this. have taken us 700 years, but <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yeah, we got the vote. <laughs> this is where we get our first hint. The women, the majority of, if not all of the women that Adam's character interacts with are paid to be with him. Mm -hmm. They are paid yep. to laugh at his jokes, to play along with his rape fantasies, because we see, I don't think he's raping this prostitute, but the, what, ha what we see here is he takes her up on his shoulder. All the other women at this party help to hold her down. And, but it's very obvious that this is part of the performance. Yes. What ends up happening when, if, whether you're a man or a woman, and the people that are around, it's the emperor's new clothes. The people mm -hmm. around you are all yes men. Or in this case, the only women you're around are prostitutes that are, if they don't laugh at your jokes, they're killed. <laughs> but it's not like they can they're finally disposable. go back and get their degree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've always wanted to try my hand at nursing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 
Maybe now's my chance. Yeah. And then two days later, she's burned at the stake. <laughs> For being a witch. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Adam is not going to know how to interact with I, I, I'm not a real one. These women are real. But Adam is not going to know how to interact with a woman that doesn't have this on her resume. What would you say? I don't want to make it sound bad because no, they're no, very um, much real people. It's not necessarily re- on her resume, but I would say, you know, who's not in it f- with the same intentions in mind, or, you know, because I think these women, like, they know, hey, he, you know, we're kind of role playing. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and we need to role play to make money so that we can not starve. And it's like, it's fine, right? right. Like, we got I doubt this is the worst thing that's ever happened to these women, to be honest with you. <laughs> so Ben and Adam are just becoming friends. They're, 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 they're good, solid friends. And there's this really funny scene. Again, Ben is just killing it in this movie. There's a huge hunting party. And Ben calls out to one of his sons and then realizes he called out the wrong name. <laughs> he goes, Pierre or... Uh, uh, <laughs> Marco. Yeah, Marco. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, to be a rich man, to be a rich, rich man. It's also like if uh, if roles were reversed and it was a mother yeah. who, you know, forgets or mixes up her children's names. Oh, God, she's such a lazy mother. Yeah, or like, she's terrible. She's, she's horrible. terrible. Like, how could she's she? She's probably a drug addict. Also, like, she's probably traumatizing her kids. They're going to be like, oh my God, my mom doesn't really love me, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Whereas, like, the dad does that, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what their names are. <laughs> why would he? Yeah. <laughs> he's out making a living. Yeah. So, one of the things that we learn very early on is that Ben discovers that not only can Adam read, but he can read rather well. Ben comes up to Adam and goes, I can tell you can read. How are you with numbers? And this is where Adam gets hired as Ben's tax collector. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets a little weird because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where is the Rashomon? Because we're just seeing scenes that, of course, wouldn't be in Matt's point of view. Matt's not even there. Right. And the one, the only scene that we've seen that they share, instead of seeing it a different way, we just cut. We're just seeing Adam's life. And Adam is very upset. He comes in hot because Matt has sued him for that land. It's what causes that year-long break in their friendship. Adam and Ben are at this really beautiful banquet, and it's juxtaposed with Matt's earlier knighthood. And Adam is getting knighted, and everybody is standing it's solemn. It's a beautiful event mm-hmm. that everyone is like, this is their guy. This is their yep. friend. And there's a feast waiting for them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fun. We finally get to that baby shower. Adam shows up and sees from across the hall, not Matt, but Jody. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> and they kind of make eyes at each other. Right. Well, of course she would make eyes at him. Look That's at him what standing women next do. to Matt. <laughs> I know. That's what women do. The women that he surrounds, like, of course she would. He's a big deal. Yep. So we have everything the same, except the kiss, she kind of lingers. He kind of lingers. Mm-hmm. It's very Obviously, hot. Matt doesn't notice. <laughs> Matt is just happy to be there. (laughs) He's just happy to be there. At the same time, though, it's still not that different. Right. Whatever. We are now at rape day. Which, Uh, obviously, this is the first time we're actually seeing this scene because we don't see it in Matt's view. Because 
This is Adam's point of view, and he truly doesn't believe that he is raping her. If I didn't know anything about this movie, if you were just like Yvette, I've got a trailer here. There's a new jousting movie coming out with knights and ladies and Jodie Comer and Adam Driver are in it, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, go on. And you showed me this clip of him chasing her up the stairs, of her They're making, giggling. Yeah, of her making the obligatory, no, sir, no, I couldn't. Don't follow me to my bedroom. Don't follow me to my bedroom, but it is up here. Come on, follow me. <laughs> to the left, to the, to left. the left. No, that's... Follow, you're, no, seriously, follow me. Your other left. Because <laughs> men are idiots. Yeah. If you had just watched the way that they kind of... She kind of like, oh, you can't stop me. And he's like, try and stop me. Yeah, try and (laughs) stop me. But also, I don't do shoes in here, so just take off. (laughs) <laughs> just take off your shoes. Just okay, great, great. But yes. <laughs> oh, you're a little dirty. Can you? Can you? I just. I just. Our sheets were just changed. So just, yeah. Just take a quick bath, and we'll like reset here. <laughs> quick bath. Yeah. Then my. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> I gotta let my hair down. <laughs> yeah. But like, no. Honestly, don't touch the hair. <laughs> I forever. gotta make myself. These for braids. You. I are a bitch. <laughs> And so he... And she has gorgeous hair in this film, Oh, such God, gorgeous who, hair. This wig. Is she's just, wearing 20 pounds of hair extensions God. on here. I don't know how It's a wig. It's a wig. And it's gorgeous. <laughs> I, I might need to invest in one of these. Whew. So if I didn't know that at its core, this film was about the different perspectives of rape, and I you just, just saw saved yourself. this section, it is so hot. <laughs> it is so hot. Mm. It's hot until he turns her around. And, yes, and I agree. And lays her down on the bed in that way. And then it gets a little darker because he says, don't say anything. No one's going to believe you. Don't tell anyone about this. Who would believe you anyway? But I read it as a comment towards, obviously, we're committing adultery here. <gasps> what? Okay. That's you know what exactly. I mean? So, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, we, this is cute between us. I, this is fun. But we got to keep it on the DL because you're fucking married. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. God, it, it gets very dark. What should be Adam's point of view is that they're having really passionate, gentle lovemaking. You yes. know what I mean? He felt that she loved him and that she... And maybe this is like, for her, maybe this is what it's supposed to be like. Adam learns that Jody did not take his advice, and she talked. Adam visits Ben, and there's this somber mood. Ben has to tell him, you are being charged with rape. And there's this moment where Adam's like... Like, he can't believe it. He can't believe she said something. It's very creepy. Not only did she say something, but she didn't have a good time? (laughs) Yeah. And Ben, again, Ben is winning the movie to me. Not because he's some great guy, but because his character is at least authentic and honest. Mm -hmm. And Ben tells him the best course of action for these rape charges is to deny, deny, deny. And if it does get taken in front of a judge, don't worry because I'm the judge. (laughs) It's funny how Ben is winning me over though. Totally. I mean, it's dark and evil. It's also like men's word against women's. Yeah. What does she know? Far superior at this point. We see Adam spots Jody from far away. She's pregnant. It's, I think, heavily implied that this is his Adam's son from the rape. All of France is talking about this. It's 
now gone even past Ben. It's now on the king to decide, and the king has decided that this will go to a duel. And we are on chapter three, which is Jody's truth. It is really unfortunate that this was written by a woman, and yet you could not tell. It's such a good idea in theory. Matt and Ben bringing in a female screenwriter to write the female perspective. Where can you go wrong? Totally. Except it feels like, dear listener, I'm watching an unrealistic Disney film. All of a sudden, we see all these scenes that have nothing to do with the first two chunks of the movie. And we're watching Jody. For some reason, she just innately knows how to run a farm. And I have <laughs> no doubt that running a farm is a complex series of interlocking parts. Totally. I, really weird. I think what we're supposed to get from her perspective is she's alone a lot of the time because Matt is off. Right. Always at battle. Uh-huh. Never winning. He's He needs to go to battle in order to make money, which is why he's gone all the time. Tallulah Haddon is her friend, and Tallulah is very jealous of the attention Jody gets from Adam. Mm-hmm. And all of the girls are sitting around at that baby shower and talking about how attractive Adam is because he is attractive. Totally. They're all, all ooing and eyeing at him. The other men in this town have weird facial hair, and some of them are bleaching their hair blonde for no reason. <laughs> Matt comes back from war, and he's rude, and he's annoying. Harriet Walter, who's playing Matt's mom, she and all of the girls leave for the day to go to the market. And of course, we know just because of the other scenes that this is rape day. Adam Driver appears, and this scene is very strange because it there it, it wasn't that different the it got a little darker a little quicker and it was the chase it was not cute chasing up the stairs yes. it was not cute chasing around the bedroom it was a rape it was a rape she was ter- Jody was rightfully confused and terrified at yes. him being there and him forcing himself on her yes. it was not uh there yeah it was not fun to watch In this version, we do see that she has a bruise on her arm. She is also dealing with a lot of depression from this attack and rape. Naturally so. It's a lot more real. It's very clear that this is a violation, that this is a rape. She tells her husband, and Matt Damon does the greatest line reading of all time, where he says, well, bend over. I don't want him to be the last one that's had you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that was rough. Could you imagine? At at this kind of point, though, I was thinking to myself, no wonder a lot of people didn't want to see this in theaters. It's just a lot to sign up for, to pay money to see a film that just has this darkness in it. Whatever. It was also just these... When Jody tells her husband, hey, this is what happened while you were gone, and as you said, that conversation happens, I just felt super uncomfortable. And... It wasn't necessarily the performances by anyone. It was really the dialogue. Matt's character goes, are you telling the truth? Yeah. Or did you enjoy it? Like all these things that are horrible. And it's just, it was really uncomfortable. I hated it. I hated it. We have this terrible, but actually very thought-provoking scene with Harriet, where Jody tells her about the rape. And Harriet says, you need to grin and bear it. And yeah. that that might be the most 
poignant part of the film. Yeah. Because it shows you that women have carried these burdens. They're like, no woman has gone unscathed from this experience. And is this really worth it to put yours and your husband's life on the line Mm -hmm. for something that we don't really know if it happened? Another thing here that I really felt was intentional and also just very gross, I'm paraphrasing, but don't think you're so special. I was raped too. Yes. There's this thought that Jody is getting some sort of enjoyment out of all this negative attention. There's a court scene in which all of the information is being brought forward to the king, both sides. And a priest comes forward and says, look, has your husband pleasured you to Jody?" And he hasn't. <laughs> so it's this awkward moment where you're like, oh, shit, Jody, what are you going to say? What are you going to say, girl? And she goes, what do you mean? And he goes, you're obviously pregnant. You can only bear a child if you've been pleasured, like if you've experienced an orgasm, essentially. If what you're saying is correct, that you were raped, can you then say that you didn't orgasm? Mm-hmm. Because if you did, then there are grounds to say that this baby is not Matt's, it's Adam's. Yeah. And what's also crazy is then they decide to bring her friend. Yes. She's there and they're like, yeah, someone came forward and the camera shoots over to her so you know it was her and Jody right. knows it was her, but yeah. they don't say it in the courtroom. Right. They're like, someone came forward and said that you fancied Adam. You once said that you found him attractive. Because he is. Because he is fucking attractive. So what? Sue me. And Tallulah's sitting there smirking. She's definitely... Uh, in the sense that she brought a lot to that role, really loved her. And I also loved what her character brought to the story. That friend that you thought was a friend, but is actually kind of in that weird way, jealous that you're yes. getting this negative attention that you and did even not want. That even horrible. she got attention from Adam in the first place. Yeah. We still know that she's bitter about that. That mm-hmm. They say at the end of this, they're like, all right, you know what? We don't have enough data. <laughs> So we are going to, the ruling, the king decides there's going to be a duel. Right. And whoever wins, that is who's telling the truth. Absolutely. Because we are going to let God choose. And that's, again, I'm like, wow, this whole film, this last chapter, it was a dud because you could have had a whole film about the role of religion and God Mm -hmm. on these people's lives at this time and what it meant for women. And also, whoever loses, if it's Matt, Jody, we're also going to kill you too. Yeah. So you realize there's a lot on the line. And maybe, and there's a point where I think Jody wonders, like her character kind of wonders, was this worth it? Like I could die, my unborn child could die, Matt could die. What I love is you so eloquently recapped what happened in that courtroom scene. And I wish that the way you had described that scene was the way it actually truly played out on film. It's Mm -hmm. very jumbled. It, they don't explore any of the elements. I feel like it's rushed. Your, it's very rushed. Your retelling of it is better than actually watching it. And that says something because it is by far the most interesting part of this film. My God, there are people that are lawmakers in this country today that truly believe that women who get raped can't get pregnant. That's very scary. That's totally. very, very scary. I don't want to get too preachy with it, but the idea is we're finally going to get to see this duel. 
God. Guys, first of all, we've all waited now two hours and 45 minutes for this scene. Because, again, we we saw at the very beginning, we know what's going to happen. Everything has led to this moment. Now, mind you, in the three other acts, we've never actually gotten to the duel. You, As the audience member, you now have all of the information going into this last duel, thinking to yourself, who is telling the truth? Unfortunately, I did get a spoiler before I watched this film, so I knew who was going to win. Did you kind of have a champion in mind? I didn't. Okay. But I did think to myself, one or two things can happen here. <laughs> Either Matt can win or <laughs> There are two options. That's what I was like. <laughs> well, no, but tell me, truthfully, tell me what you mean. <laughs> that was really good. Um, no, okay, so I think this is the woman fantasy, the female fantasy comes into play because I think in real life, Matt would have lost. Right. If we look at history throughout the film, Matt is not the one that people believe in. He's just not the person you want to get behind. Adam is. He's mm-hmm. the charmer. Mm-hmm. I would say, like fantasy for women, Adam would 100% lose. Yes, exactly. Because it's like the fight was worth it. Right. Like the truth is out and like, see, it, like I was telling the truth. Like yes. this did happen. And so they went that route. I feel like 99 times out of 100 though, you're absolutely right. In real life, it was the Adams that won. That is the Adams <laughs> that won, right? Because promising young man, mm-hmm. right? Had right. such high prospects and look what, it's unfortunate, these accusations I've made against him. I know they're kind of crazy. Uh, but she's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> she's dead now. So he can move on. He, he'll yeah. be able to, he'll get Poor past God. this. He'll yeah. get past this. But I almost think it would have been more accurate for Matt to have not made it and him kind of like, yeah, let, you know, let his wife down and they both die. And yeah, it's, it's Adam who goes on and he's the one that gets to tell the story because yep. he survived. Yes. And, and to so it's just like, er- spoils. it erases the female perspective, the female voice from history. And so I think that honestly, having it the other way probably would have been more powerful because you would have seen, oh, shit. Shit, yeah, imagine all the stuff that has been erased because men, they think their ideologies are are correct. Oh, yeah, first of all, having a duel to figure out who t- is telling the it's truth so is so fucking bizarre. whack. It's crazy. I will say this is where I think the film messed up in casting. Adam Driver is an amazing, amazing actor. Yes. But he just physically is a bigger guy than Matt. And he's a younger guy than Matt. He just looks stronger and By more powerful. A good twenty years. Granted, I like. haven't read the book, so on the outside of it, I would think that Adam would win, not because of that dark. You know, it just makes sense because this is how the world is, kind of thing. Right. But just simply, Adam is a younger man. He's a he's got the energy. Guy. He looks like a big guy in this compared to Matt. He's got yeah. I mean, at a certain point, we get to a certain age, and our our toes start hurting, you know, like our back hurts. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> Unless you're the rock. I don't know. <laughs> so there's that. But then there's also this element that I picked up on watching this film, which I don't want to do a complete bash. I want to say what worked and what didn't mm-hmm. is that there are 24 hours in a day and Matt's job is fighting hand to hand combat. He can't read. He is never going to be a general. He barely got knighted. And his dad 
owns a castle. <laughs> right. He is frontline, brute force, down on the ground, sword punching, battle hardened man. Adam can read and write, is collecting taxes. He just doesn't have the resume that Matt has to win this battle. Mm-hmm. But Adam has something really intense working against him. He's got all of these prostitutes constantly telling him how great, how strong, how powerful, how amazing he is. He's got the ego. And when it comes down to we are in this ridiculous rectangle and we're going to see who can out-battle each other, it makes sense Matt won. Mm -hmm. I would never want to get into the ring with a guy that didn't know how to read because I spent time learning how to read and this guy's just punching trees, you know? (laughs) You know, like, there's just these, especially in this day and time, these skills that Adam has that make him a higher status symbol Mm -hmm. that raise him up, they take time away from him literally just doing the work of being a soldier. I mean, look who was going to battle every five seconds. Every five seconds, Matt's in a battle. The the other kind of strange thing I just want to say is there's some, they fight. They, they, They do this battle. It's not that exciting. And there's some moves that kind of feel like they came out of the WWE. Like at one point, Matt is doing some power punches to Adam, but he's punching the armor. And I'm like... I mean, maybe that just didn't feel real. I'm like, he's got armor there. (laughs) I mean, the whole fighting sequence, honestly, was left much to be desired. It just, it was slow. Yeah. Now, granted, they have armor on. They've got heavy swords. I get it. But it just was not fun to watch. Like, it wasn't enjoyable to watch. No. It wasn't exciting. I was like, oh, all right. You've already put us through misery with this whole film. Can we be done with this fucking battle? (laughs) And so we are. Matt wins. (laughs) (laughs) And... Adam's body just gets treated like... It gets dragged away like trash, and you see Slim Shady up in the stands just (laughs) kind of like... I was like, oh, well, that happened. <laughs> Gotta get a new tax collector? (laughs) And But also there's... I feel like there was a moment where he was kind of like, huh, maybe? Well, because God's word is everything. Mm -hmm. So he's probably thinking to himself, oh... Well, he was a motherfucker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Jody and Matt awkwardly ride off into the sunset. <laughs> I so. couldn't want a film. I didn't want a film to end so quickly. <laughs> Just like literally. It is there. <laughs> they're riding off into the sunset. And then, of course, what would this text on screen film be like without more text on the screen? We learn Matt died a couple of years later in a battle and that Jody lived on and died peacefully. In her sleep. We're done. We're done. I hope you all appreciate what we just did for you. <laughs> we, we really went through it. So you and I, we have a rating system for these films. It's very unique. It's unlike anything else anyone has ever talked about, experienced, lived. Yeah. <laughs> and we give a film zero to four stars. Yes. Do we want to do half stars? I think we should. Yeah. I think we're allowed to do half stars. Okay, yes. we can do half stars. I don't know why, but I just feel like asking you, making you go first. You always do. It's fine. And then I look like <laughs> the asshole because I'm either too harsh or not harsh enough. And then it's like, mm, all right. What would you give this film? Zero to four stars. 
I would say I would gladly never watch this again, never see another poster, never hear about it. I don't want to go through the pain again no, with more. this. Yeah. I would give this a half a star. <gasps> a half star? Half star because... That's harsh. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. It just there was potential and it was it didn't it didn't reach the bars. And also, um I give it a half star because I'm a huge fan of Jodie Comer. Yeah. I think she did what she could do. Uh Ben Affleck was what we He surprisingly he, was a really good part of this film when he, you think about everything, right? He really was. Uh, you know, but there was a lot of things that hurt this film. Am I gonna again voice that no French was spoken, no <laughs> accents done. Um, it felt like just a bunch of Americans frolicking in fields telling a French tale with half masks because they ran out of budget. <laughs> it does look and, like he couldn't afford the whole gas. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I give, it, I give it a half a star. I don't think anyone really... I don't think this film is worth watching. I'm going to give this film a one star. Oh, my God. Part of that is because this film brought to my attention the film Rashomon. And mm. I watched that film. And it really impacted me. It's black and white. And I'm not like one of those cool, like, ah, I like black and white films. Like, I'm not that cool. And I at first I was like, ah, I'm going to trudge through this. I will say about Rashomon, the first viewpoint is a little slow. But once we get to the second Viewpoint. It picks up because it, it probably doesn't have it doesn't have to show as much. Yes, it picks up, and we also really see three completely different viewpoints and the same scene, but in a different way. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. So this you, failed the the Rashomon. This failed. Know. This is not Rashomon. This was this was just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, I think that this film is so close. It's like so close. There are certain things that they get really right. That scene where. Ben says to Adam, deny, deny, yeah. deny. And if anything happens, I'm the judge. We're good. It's dark, but it's the truth. It, it like scratches the surface, yes, right? Yes, There's some scratching of the surfaces. And I feel like the, the scene between Harriet and Jody, and where Harriet's saying, you know. Deal with it. Deal with it. Grin and bear it. You know what I mean? So it's just. It's something that happens to women, and you got to deal. And why are you putting my son and yourself and my grandson into this position where the three of you could be brutally killed? And like, oh, and you're not that special because this happens to women since the beginning of time. And I'm sure you love how everybody's just talking about you anyway. I hope you enjoy the spotlight, but just calm down and take it back. It was like, maybe we're scratching the surface. I almost wonder if they had just, because they have this book as source material, mm-hmm. I wonder if they had just stopped with the Rashomon I don't and think just we told it straight up. Yeah, chronologically, without these different viewpoints. We could have spent more time on certain elements that yeah. needed more time. I don't know how to fix this, but it is one star. One star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does this have rewatchability? No. No, no, no. no. Um, save no. your money, save your time. Never. Don't watch this. Don't do it to yourself. Don't. Take it from us. Yeah. The sufferers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me in the powder room at the Penthouse Plaza Hotel. It's always a lovely time that you and I have together. 
<laughs> Much too short. <laughs> we, we really got into it, solved a lot of society's woes today. We did. Climate change is next week. We should, we be, should we be hired as uh, consultants <laughs> for people? Uh, yeah, we should. We should. Uh, well, dear listener, thank you for going on this harrowing journey with us. This is Yvette and Julia. Bye. Bye.